Having recently demitted office as chairman of the Elderly Commission, after six years of very enjoyable service, I am most delighted to hear that issues concerning the elderly will very likely be prominently highlighted in the forthcoming Chief Executive's policy address. The work of the Commission has thus not been in vain. In line with the rest of the world, Hong Kong's population is ageing and ageing fast. Today, out of a population of 7 million, over 900,000, or 1 in 7, is 65 years old or above. By 2023, 1 in 4 will be in that bracket. These are undeniable facts, and it would be counterproductive if our society should look at this as a burden and a pressure on our welfare system. Instead, I consider the issue as a challenge, a challenge that will bring about and generate opportunities. To wit, the 65 years old above of the future will be healthier, better educated, more financially independent with spending powers, and could well be ambassadors to bring back the very much needed caring culture that the young generation and the society of today lacks. What has the Elderly Commission done in the last six years, and what legacies have we left for elderly? I have often been asked. Perhaps even more important is what we have not done, and what is our advice to the incoming Commission and the government. What legacies have we left behind? I am in no way ashamed to blow my own trumpet. The worst scenario for an elderly, and I am one of them, is to allow them to feel useless, unwanted, no place in the family and the society. To counter such negative state of mind, we established the Elder Academy to entice our seniors to use a proper school setting to learn among others how to maintain health, to learn new things, to be in line with the modern society, so as to give them a chance to participate and not to be left out. Through such a platform, they also gain new friends, enlarge their social circle, and through interactions with school pupils, achieve better intergenerational understanding. Today, over 115 schools of different grades, religious or ethnic backgrounds, have participated. Also, some seven tertiary institutions are taking in elderly students. At the very least, the image of the elderly, both on how they see themselves and how the young generation sees them, are upgraded. There is nothing more damaging for an elderly than to feel ignored, to be isolated and to have no friends. The best remedy is to form peer groups and have persistent peer contacts. Volunteers of around the same age in the same housing block could entice the isolated, introverted elderly to join them and bring them out of solitude. The Elderly Commission has thus pioneered three neighbourhood cooperation projects we call them neighbourhood active ageing projects. While there is no way to quantify results, we believe that we have finished out many isolated elderly, we have decreased the incidence of family elderly abuses, and we have decreased the incidence of elderly suicide. Most importantly, we have reintroduced the revered Lion Rock culture, Siji Sanha, a caring community spirit that has been the cornerstone of Hong Kong's success. When age creeps onto you, you will one day need care, long-term care, be it at home, in your own community, or in an institution. Yes, it is every elderly's inner wish to spend their twilight years in the company of their loved ones, the family. It is also government's policy to promote aging at home. 
It is thus imperative that we have to improve our community care to ensure that both the elderly and their families are comfortable to leave the seniors at home. Similarly, in the event that institutional care becomes unavoidable, our institutions, our elderly homes, must be up to standard to provide a dignified living that our seniors deserve. The Elderly Commission has therefore commissioned two studies on these two areas, institutional care, how to improve them, and community care, the fallacies and loopholes, and how to upgrade them. These studies have been completed and adopted by the Elderly Commission. We have also recommended them to the government. We look forward to the government to take them on board as its future policy and implementation directions. What have we not done? It would be foolhardy to believe that any person, any commission, could cater for all elderly needs. Furthermore, elderly needs change as with time. Yet, there are pressing issues that take priority. At the onset, we stress that aging populations should not be considered as a burden. Yet, we have always been talking about the dependency ratio, that is to say the number of retiree elderly who are no more financially contributing to the society versus the size of young people paying tax. This dependency ratio must be addressed and tackled. I believe it could be done in two ways. Government must take measures to come up with a population policy. At the same time, we must somehow re-engage our elderly to allow them to continue to contribute. Our mature workforce may well be a valuable resource to capitalise with the right strategies. The Elderly Commission has repeatedly called for a flexible retirement age. Irrespective, there will be retirees who will need support, be it financially or otherwise. The current OH allowance, or otherwise known as fruit money, and the problematic mandatory profit fund together may not be enough to provide a dignified living for our elderly without significant support from their families. There is thus a call for the establishment of a comprehensive old-age retirement scheme. I would call on the Elderly Commission to take this on board for discussion and to make recommendations to the government. The least government could do is to collect views from the public and the various stakeholders to plan the way forward. After all, any form of schemes, if introduced, will take time to mature to become effective. And time is not on the elderly's side. Growing old is unavoidable. If you are not old yet, you will be old one day. We must put our head together to meet these challenges.